I want to read you a story this morning. It's a story that I've read to my kids. It's a story that was written in 1969. And um, it's called The Very Hungry Caterpillar. Now, do you want it in French or English? Shall we? Okay, well, if somebody other than Loic or Hannah can. La chenille qui fait de trop. Dans la lumière de la lune, une petite œuvre repose sur un fruit. Seven? Eight? Eight? I'll take eight. Excellent. All right, let's do it in English. Um, all right, kids, if you want to come and sit down. I'll take eight from a Frenchman. I'm only doing one page, though. <laughs> I practice that page. You can see a little bit nearer. You're not going to see right much from back there, Ariella. Who's coming to have a look? Oh, Ollie's coming. Excellent. Me, me, you come in. You can sit next to me, sweetheart. Yeah, that's fine. Hey, gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, I'll have to remember how to read upside down. In the light of the moon, a little egg lay on a leaf. One, oh, let's see what happens. One Sunday morning, the warm sun came up and pop out of the egg came a tiny and very hungry caterpillar. Let's see if we can remember what I hear. He started to look for some food. On Monday, he ate through one. Anybody know what he ate on Monday? An apple. Oh, darling. I think I probably need it, though. But he was still hungry. On Tuesday, he ate through two... two pears. pears. But he was still hungry. On Wednesday, he ate through three... Plums. But he was still hungry. On Thursday, he ate through one, two, three, four... <laughs> strawberries! Was he full? No, he was still hungry. I saw. You are. On Friday, he ate through one, two, three, four, five oranges. But he was still hungry. <gasps> and on Saturday, he ate through one piece of chocolate cake, one ice cream cone, one pickle, one slice of Swiss cheese, one slice of salami, one lollipop, one piece of cherry pie, one sausage, one cupcake, and one slice of of watermelon, and that night, he had a tummy ache. The next day was Sunday again. The caterpillar ate through one nice green leaf, and after that, he felt much better. Now, he wasn't hungry anymore, and he wasn't a little caterpillar anymore. He was a big, fat caterpillar. He built a little house called a cocoon around himself. He stayed inside for more than two weeks. Then he nibbled a hole in the cocoon, pushed his way out, and butterfly! He was a beautiful butterfly. We are going to talk about growing up. So, 
Let me... Because... Let's see if we can make this work, because Matt's there. Because we read... Do you know what? I don't know. I do need to pull them up. Oh, there we go. There we go. There we go. There we go. We read this. It says this about Jesus. And Jesus grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was on him. And it says, as Jesus grew up, he increased in wisdom and in favor with God and the people. So I wanted to ask you a question. Can you think of something you have done this year that you couldn't do last year? Well, or like recently. Something you've (laughs) done. You don't need to go to gym, man. Anything you could do now that you couldn't do like 12 months ago? Any ideas? Exist! Got Mimi? Ride a bike. Did you learn to ride a bike this last year? Fantastic. That's great. With stabilizers or without stabilizers? Without stabilizers. Fantastic. What about you, Ariel? You couldn't zip your coat up, but now you can. Fantastic. That will save mommy and daddy some time. Ollie, anything you can do now that you didn't used to be able to do? Or anything you can do that Leah can't do? I can hop on one foot. You can hop on one foot? Never. Show me. Oh, you clever lad. Well done. Fantastic. Well done. And of course, with kids, it's, it's really easy to see it as they grow up. Um, some of them exist now. Lots of them exist now that don't exist uh, before. Um, some of them are walking that were not walking. Anthony was not walking this time last year. Uh, Mimi, you couldn't ride a bike. You can do your coat up. There's all these different things that are going on. And of course, that is how it's meant to be. In fact, if kids don't keep learning and growing up, we get concerned. I uh, remember when Isaac was a, a teenager, he was always extremely small, even at kind of 14, 15, and we took him to the doctors to make sure everything was all right, and everything was fine. He just, he just shot up at 16 rather than 13, and now all my boys are up there somewhere. Um, but of course, you get concerned if they're not growing, and they're not changing, they're not developing. If it got to the end of the school year and there'd been no progress at all, they'd not learned anything, they'd not progressed in any way, shape, or form, you would be deeply concerned. As long as they've progressed, that's what we kind of hope, isn't it? there's some form of progression. So I asked your kids to bring something today that no longer fits you. What have you brought that no longer fits you? I Seth's got some of it. Anymore. You don't wear nappies anymore, you big boy. Because I go to the toilet in my potty. A clever boy. There we go. We've grown out of nappies. Fantastic. Seth, what have you grown out of? Your football boots. Mimi, what about you? You've got some... Oh, Oscar grew out of them. Yes, he can't become. Okay, he's grown out of them. Okay, so you've grown out of some things. They don't fit you anymore. Okay. Have any of you got anything? Yeah. Oh, go on, Ariella. Um, some princess shoes. Some princess shoes? You don't... Oh, that's a bit sad. Have you got any bigger ones? Oh. Can't not have princess shoes. Anyways. Um, <laughs> sorry, that may have created a problem. Um, okay, anybody... Anybody got anything they don't fit into anymore after Christmas? <laughs> Any of you kids, in fact, I bet, has Anthony got some things it doesn't fit into yet that used to be 
olives. So some of y'all clothes are too small, but they're too big for y'all little brother. Mm. Yeah, so you can wear them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, here's my question. What things don't fit you from last year because you've grown out of them? And I, I don't mean your clothes. What, what things don't fit you anymore because you've grown out of them? Because you see, Paul writes this, Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up in him who is the head, who is Christ. So Paul goes, okay, now there's got to be some, some growing up that goes on. So I want to ask us the same questions they ask the kids. What, in what ways have we grown up this last year? What have we grown out of? And what have we grown into? What things that were too big for us at the beginning of 2022 are we now wearing and are we now comfortable in? And what things have we discarded because we've grown out of that anymore? What lies did we used to believe that we don't believe anymore? What mindsets and ways of thinking that we're stealing from us have we discarded and replaced with kingdom ones? We read those verses at the beginning that Jesus grew. It says he, he grew in three things in those two verses, strength, wisdom, and grace. That was his pattern. As he grew up, he grew stronger, and he grew wiser, and he grew more in grace. Okay, well, if he's my pattern, I'm probably meant to be doing the same thing. You see, we fully expect that children will grow, learn, and mature. And as his kids, he expects the same. He does actually expect that we're going to grow up because we're his kids. He expects that we're going to grow and learn and mature. And of course, if that's his expectation, it's, it's also mine. But what I find really interesting is that growing and learning and maturing is not a path that many people particularly enjoy. Because in order to grow, just jump off there, really good lad. Because in order to grow, you've got to be challenged. In order for mindsets to be changed, they first have to be exposed. And it seems that people don't really like that, which I don't understand because I love it. I mean, I know there's a word for it, isn't there, people who enjoy pain? I, I don't know what the word is, but I don't know whether there's something wrong with me in that sense. But, but I actually love it when Jesus points out something that's not quite right. I think it's fabulous because then I can change it. And then I can be who I'm meant to be. But of course... I, I, so I think it's wonderful, but I am the man, of course, who when, when Angie, my first wife, died, I went, okay, Lord, well, I'll deal with it in, in 50 days then. And of course, you realize that it could have taken me five years to get over a death, or it could have taken 50 days. But I went, okay, I'm going all in. Because that would have been five years of my boys just having a dad. It would have been five years of my life just, I don't know. But my life's way too important to spend five years dealing with something if I can deal with it quicker. But I realize I'm a bit unusual in that sense. But all I know is that all that happens is you don't go through less pain by prolonging it. You just prolong it. You go through the same pain in a longer period of time. So that you either go through it in 50 days, and it's ridiculously intense and something you never want to go through again. But in 50 days, you're pretty much there. Or you spread it out over five years and have a few months off. But you still got to go through the same stuff. What most of us fail to remember, though, is that the result of the thing comes from the challenge. The taking of the easy path doesn't reduce the pain. It just spreads it over a longer time. I want to show you a video. See if this will work for me. Or oh, is it me with that? 
Ne, v knižskom. You can read that. See if you can apply it, not just to your life, but also to those who you love. Sometimes you have the best intentions to help others through trying to eliminate their struggles, when really all they need is to know that they can handle it on their own. The story goes like this. There once was a man who came across a butterfly cocoon. Curious to see the butterfly emerge, the man sat and watched for many hours as the butterfly struggled to force its body through a small hole. Then, nothing. The butterfly appeared to stop making any progress. It seemed to the man that the butterfly had gone as long and as far as it could and could struggle no more. So, with the best intentions, the man decided he had to help the butterfly. He grabbed a pair of scissors and cut off the remaining bit of the cocoon. With the cocoon cut open, the butterfly no longer had to struggle and emerged easily. However, as it emerged, the man noticed it had a swollen body and small shriveled wings. The man continued to watch, expecting the butterfly to grow its wings and fly away. However, this did not happen. The butterfly spent the rest of its very short life crawling around the ground with a swollen body and small wings, unable to fly. Although the man had the best intentions, what he failed to understand was that the cocoon's job is to provide the struggle and resistance the butterfly needs to grow. The restriction from the tiny opening of the cocoon is exactly what it needed because it forces fluid from the body of the butterfly into its wings, which enables the wings to grow and prepare it for freedom once it earns its way out of the cocoon. There's a powerful life lesson here. Our struggles always give us strength. Sometimes the struggles we go through are exactly what we need to grow and develop. Although it is never fun in the moment, we can always look back on difficult moments as crucial times that changed us for the better in some way. We all face struggle, and sometimes we watch those we love struggle as well. And although we don't wish upon anyone hard times, we all need them for growth and for strength. Trying to avoid struggle, taking the easy path, will only lead to a harder life, to greater struggles later on. Cursing the world and blaming struggles and circumstances for where you are will never help either. You must face your struggles and learn from them. Use the hard times of your past to your advantage. You must face your struggles and believe you have the strength to overcome them. If you can do that, you will overcome them. There's no shame in struggle. We all face our own battles in life. They are part of our journey, part of our story, pieces of our puzzle. Next time you are going through a challenge or a struggle, remind yourself, this struggle is strengthening me. This struggle is preparing me for something bigger and better. This struggle was sent to make me stronger, wiser, better. It was sent to give me strength so I can fly.
The struggle is vital to the new creation. And if you take away the struggle, you actually hinder the new creation. doesn't mean to say we create struggle for the sake of struggle, but, but in working through those things that challenge us, in a safe place where we're surrounded by those we've built relationship with, then we find the transformation. As I was journaling this week, I found myself writing about Isaiah 54 and how everything in me loves to see this take place. I'm sure most of you will be familiar with these words. Enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent cairns wide, do not hold back, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to the right and to the left. And all sounds great, doesn't it? Until you actually look at the words and think about what those words actually mean. Enlarge, stretch, don't hold back, lengthen, strengthen, spread out. All those words include, involve movement, expansion, effort, which of course is true of everything that grows. So if we're going to grow up in everything that God's got for us, there will be an enlarging, a stretching, a lengthening, a spreading out, and none of that will feel particularly comfortable. But that is, of course, what it says on the wall. It's not as though we've hidden it away. Maturity, growing in, growing up, growth, equipping, edifying. The vision of this house is to help you become the person God created you to be, which will mean pointing out all the ways you are currently not that person. And I guess my heart, and I just want to remind you, my heart is that you have the biggest tent possible. And I'm not really interested in you keeping your tent the same size it is. I'm not particularly bothered about you just keeping it exactly as it is, because that's not my heart. Because you were not made, you were not born, you were not put on the earth to just stay as you are. You were born to become something more. You were born to become something bigger. You were born to expand and enlarge and become bigger and grow up all the time. You see, you, see, you see, if I've not done everything I can to give you the opportunity to enlarge the place of your tent, then as far as I'm concerned, I've failed before him. And I have no intention of failing before him. But of course, that's not always easy, is it? In fact, and you know, this, this thing, it's like, it's just built in me. It's built in Paul. It's not an option. It's not a choice. Um, and Paul's even more focused than I am, as you saw last Sunday, on helping you become the person you call to be. And sometimes that feels uncomfortable. But at the end of the day, we have to decide whether we want to be the people we're called to be or we don't. Do we want to grow up or do we not? And every part of growing up is often challenging. You know, kids literally get growing pains. They just get pains in the body from growing. Okay, well, as children of God, sometimes we're going to get them. But hey, we want to grow up, don't we? We want to be the people God called us to be. And so I want to encourage you. Of course, at times it's wonderful. At times it's fantastic. At times it's really challenging and difficult. But at the end of the day, it's about growing up. It's about becoming the people God called us to be. And it's about helping other people grow up as well. So... As I wrote, if you've read it, in the email I sent yesterday, when it feels difficult and challenging, remember the good things, remember the wonderful things, remember the fruit. And I know that um, 
if you've been in a, in a small group you, you, you're meeting this week and it's just going to be a time to talk about uh, all the fruit really it, it'll be good I'm going to email the leaders out those things I asked but you know what what doesn't fit that used to fit what have we grown into what have we become new and talk about them when you're there it's really good to look back and go okay yeah I used to be like this and now I'm not fabulous fabulous okay that's everything I wanted to say uh, for this morning I don't think there's anything else we need to talk about or say shall we just pray Father I want to thank you I want to thank you for our kids and the delight of seeing them grow up this year Father seeing some of them move Lord from being carried to walking some of them from just developing, changing, growing, expressing themselves in different ways. But Father, we want to thank you as well for every other way that we've all grown up, Father. Every other way in which we are not the people we were, that we are different, that we are changed, that we are transformed. We want to say thank you, Jesus, that that's what you're about all the time. And we love you, Jesus. And we thank you, Father, that as we go through this year, we can look forward to more of the same, Lord more opportunities to grow out of things and to grow into things. In your name. Amen. Amen.